Welcome to Gag Me With a Chainsaw, a horror podcast about 80s slashers. I'm Corey. E yo soy Sarah. And we love scary movies. We do. <laughs> Hola, Sarah. Hola, Corey. <laughs> uh, ¿Cómo estás? Uh, muy, muy bien. Uh, bien, bien. <laughs> <laughs> I almost said gracias. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to make a lifestyle change. Really? Yeah. I've been smoking weed out of those oil cartridges. Mm-hmm. And I have lately been thinking, like, maybe this isn't safe. Like, I don't know. Everybody said it was. But, like, what does everybody know? Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. I think I might go back to the old ways. Mm-hmm. But first, I got to, like, clear out all my little dead soldiers because like when you finish one you're like well what do i do with this now then i just have them laying around and sometimes what do you do can you recycle those i don't have to be so but i just hold on to them forever because i don't want to throw them away and i don't know what to do with them and sometimes you look in them and you're like there's a little bit of oil in the bottom still there and it's like i paid for that Mm -hmm. so now i just have to like I don't know. I guess gather them all up and just take one hit off of every single one. <laughs> call it a suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Throw in some Mountain Dew and call it a suicide. <laughs> maybe you can shake it with the Mountain Dew and it'll come out. Yeah, yeah. maybe. A ma- Mountain Dew is a caustic material. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good plan. But yeah, I don't know. I think I should switch back. I just really was taken in by the convenience. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any good advice about that. (laughs) That's okay. Just working it out with myself. (laughs) Let us know what you think. (laughs) If you know a recycling center or I can (laughs) take my empty weed cartridges, please let us know. Has to be one. There has to be one. TerraCycle, maybe. I don't know what that is. Oh, it's like this company you can send almost anything. Really? But yeah, but you got to pay. Oh. Well, what a scam. I know, Do they just throw it in the garbage? (laughs) Who, who knows? I pay for P- I pay to feel better yeah. about it, and then they're like, "We did our part," and then they throw it away. <laughs> Allegedly, I don't want to be sued. We've already got that Paul McCartney lawsuit yeah. in the works. <laughs> Don McLean, that one we just we skated by on that one. Yeah, uh, we cut it out, but he still knows. Yeah. <laughs> He's got sources. <laughs> <laughs> Have we watched good movies lately? Yeah. Been watching a few. I saw The Sadness. I watched The Sadness too. Did you like it? I did. I thought it was good. I wouldn't say I loved it, but sure, it was well made. Yeah. Um, it's on Shudder right now. Uh-huh. And it's like, they say it's a zombie movie, but it's more of like, a zombie movie in the way that 28 Days Later was, uh-huh. where it's not, like, actually, like, Walking Dead, but a virus. Yeah. Um, like, human rabies, mm-hmm. basically. I liked it. I kind of felt like, um, like, all the marketing around that is, like, this movie is sick. Like, it's depraved. And, like, I love to hear the word depraved. <laughs> like, like, give it to me, right? And then... We watched it and I was like, oh boy, like this is really something. Oh, I thought you were going to say, and it was nothing. No, (laughs) I kind of felt like this is what the purge wishes it could be. 
Yeah. Or like what I thought the purge would be mm-hmm. because like nothing scares me more than this story I tell myself, you know? Mm-hmm. So then I went into the purge and I was like, that was it. Yeah. It, yeah. That's a good example. I definitely, if you don't like gore, don't watch this movie. Yeah. We have <laughs> a lot of like scaredy cat listeners and I would say this one, my friends, is not for you. Yeah. But the gore does look really good. Oh my God. It looks so good. <laughs> We've talked about it, but there's a scene where blood spurts upwards in like a geyser and when it happened i went (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it didn't scare me exactly but it did give me that old rotten.com feeling oh yeah for a few days (laughs) (laughs) like when you see the worst shit on the internet you have ever seen in your life and now you just have to go about your business like feeding the dogs or talking to your mom (laughs) like like your brain wasn't just rewired slightly in a worse way mm-hmm. yeah like uh, for like a few days afterwards i was just like i feel kind of not good <laughs> like it could have been the movie could have been that sometimes i like to play fast and loose with my antidepressants just for funsies <laughs> uh porque no los dos there that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but that disassociation feeling makes me think <laughs> Uh, are you ever sometimes just going about your life and then out of nowhere you remember something weird that happened when you were a kid and for a second you're just like, Ugh. <laughs> yes. what the fuck was that? <laughs> like you stuff it down, you stuff it down because it wasn't like so traumatizing that it mm-hmm. reformed your psyche, right? Mm-hmm. But like enough to where you're like, that was weird. Like, you still remember it. Yeah. You and know? like, did this really happen? Yeah. <laughs> like, in the eighth grade, I was friends with a girl who I really never should have been friends with. Like, she was rich and popular and, like, by the rules of 90s junior high hierarchy, like, we never should have been friends. Mm-hmm. I, we had mutuals and then I just got, like, drafted into the group. Mm-hmm. And, like, we really were friends, though. Like, I went to her exclusive birthday party and everything. Like, yeah. it wasn't a... um uh what what is it like not carrie but like a she's all that situation Mm -hmm. right where they were they were tricking me Mm -mm. um anyways the summer after eighth grade she randomly called me and asked me to sing part of that live song selling the drama (laughs) specifically the part where he says hey we won't be raped like that specifically that part and i was like um okay and like she wanted me to scream sing it like in the song and I was like so suspicious but I did it (laughs) and then she kind of like laughed a little said thank you and hung up and like nothing ever happened was it just her on the phone who knows (laughs) you know back then you could never be sure yeah like nothing ever happened I was never humiliated with it mm-hmm. like it was never like played over the <laughs> the entire school intercom or anything like <laughs> she never said anything about it ever again and so now almost 30 years later i'm like what was that <laughs> you know like why that why that song why that part yeah. why me what if she had all her friends <laughs> like line by line yeah. <laughs> she put it together <laughs> do you have one like that uh well speaking of phones i remember when i was younger uh going over to a friend's house and her friend was there 
And she's like, hey, my my cousin is the little boy from Jurassic Park. <laughs> I think it's like a couple years after it came out. The little kid with the bandana. Yeah. <laughs> and she was like, do you want to talk to him on the phone? And I was like, I don't really care. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and uh, they called somebody. And I talked to somebody about who knows what just for like tw- two minutes. <laughs> you know, he said like, hey. What's your name? <laughs> you don't remember anything else you talked about? No. I, it was seriously really short because I had nothing to say to this kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> I should have asked him, what was it like to see the dinosaur? Exactly. What was it like to meet the T-Rex? <laughs> Is the T-Rex cool? Yeah. Like, behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah. That one would bother me, and too. And then in my head, sometimes I'm thinking, like, did this even happen at all? But it, why would I make this up in my brain so it had to have happened I don't know if it really was the kid or maybe like and also if she was making that up why would she pick that kid because that's the thing (laughs) that's the thing were they lying yeah like it's so hard to know kids lie about the weirdest shit that could be true though yeah like not like the girl a girl that we knew who used to tell us that she got picked up and dropped off from school in a helicopter (laughs) we were like bitch we know you don't (laughs) but my cousin is the little kid from Jurassic Park yeah I guess he's somebody's cousin. <laughs> like, why not yeah, her? If she, if she said it was like JTT, I would have been like, I'm not, I don't believe you. No, absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, that is just random and like not A-list enough uh-huh. to be like, maybe. <laughs> that's, that's like um, this other girl that I knew, or no, the same girl. Uh, at her house at this exclusive birthday party it was the very first time i'd ever seen the internet and we were online chatting somewhere i don't even know with what mm-hmm. it was the kind of internet where if somebody picked up the phone you were kicked off the internet mm-hmm. so we were chatting and it, we were talking to these dudes and this was the summer after eighth grade so we were like thir- 13 or 14 mm-hmm. we were talking to these dudes and they were like oh yeah, we're in a band. We're getting ready to leave on tour. And I said, what band? And they said, have you ever heard of Screeching Weasel? And all my (laughs) friends were like, no. And I was like, step aside. (laughs) Because yes, I have. (laughs) So like I was talking to them and that's the exact same principle. If they had said, oh, we're Green Day, we would have said, fuck off. Yeah. But Screeching Weasel maybe (laughs) maybe yeah like it's so weird people tell really weird lies like jason and i were talking about this one time and he goes yeah like when i went to the paula abdul concert and told the girl i had a crush on that i went backstage and got paula abdul's autograph for her but it was me i did it (laughs) there was a scene in one of her music videos that showed her signature and i copied that oh then he said i got some of my mom's lipstick and put it on and kissed the paper (laughs) and then i gave it to her (laughs) and so like i asked what happened and he said that she said thank you and then they never talked about it again like they (laughs) stayed friends and everything um so he was telling me about this and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that you lied about going backstage. And then I was like, wait, why were you at a Paula Abdul concert? And he was like, there wasn't a Paula Abdul. <laughs> there wasn't even the concert. Oh, he that's just a lie you could get caught in. I know. 
That one is really funny to me because she probably has the same situation about that story, but from the other side, Mm -hmm. like every once in a while, she's in the shower and her brain (laughs) randomly goes, what was that? (laughs) And she thinks about how this autograph probably isn't real, but it was the sixth grade and she had no way to be sure. And if it isn't real, where did the kiss print come from? (laughs) And the implications are too embarrassing for her to consider and she has to just bury it away again. Yeah. Jason was like, so she probably looks at that autograph sometimes and wonders. And I was like, she doesn't. (laughs) She still has it posted. (laughs) Just prominently. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, speaking of things that may or may not be true. Mm -hmm. We work off a master list of 80 slashers that somebody else compiled. Mm -hmm. Every slasher ever. An attempt, they said. They did say it was an attempt. And then that is, leaves it to us to decide what exactly qualifies a movie for the list. Because sometimes we watch one and we're like, is this a slasher? Yeah, I think this one is the most like, how did this get on the list? Yeah. Because there's been a couple I'm like, well, no, not exactly. Sure. But there, there's elements there. 10 to midnight. We were like, this is really more of like a thriller, uh-huh. like cop movie. Yeah. And like. If somebody kills somebody with a knife in a movie, does that make it a slasher? <laughs> like, that isn't how it works exactly. Yeah, but this one, I don't know. A little more well, difficult. We could talk about the end, but I was trying to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. So what's our movie? Our movie is Blood Beach from 1980. Ooh, barely made it in. <laughs> barely made it. Barely made it in more than one way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who picked this? We kind of decided together. Yeah, I think... I picked it because we were looking for a summer movie, mm-hmm. but we had to comb through our options together. Yeah. Um, so much stuff is camp, and I wanted something summery that wasn't a camp. Yeah. Let's change it up a little bit. Yeah. So this movie was directed by Jeffrey Bloom. He also co-wrote this movie with his partner, Stephen Nalivansky. Mm-hmm. Nalivansky, probably. Stephen Nalivansky. Jeffrey Bloom, uh, he went on to direct Flowers in the Attic. Oh, and some TV stuff, it looked like. Uh Mm -hmm. This movie came to be because Jeff and Steve were looking for a break in the U.S. film market after having been like primarily British finance so far. Not Mm. primarily, solely. Mm. Uh, Carol Wilson, who ended up as a production executive on Blood Beach and later became Mrs. Jeffrey Bloom, suggested horror. And Nalavonsky got inspired to do a beach setting after driving past the Santa Monica Pier. Okay. So Bloom was into the idea, and they had a first draft script in 10 days. Yeah. Does that surprise you? No, it's a very simple script. (laughs) (laughs) They were so sure they had a hit on their hands, they had uh, T-shirts and buttons made up that said, Blood Beach sucks you in. Ooh, I want one. I know, huh? (laughs) While out to dinner at the Palm in West Hollywood, Bloom ran into producer Sidney Beckerman, who was so intrigued by the Blood Beach buttons that he had them send the script over to him at Paramount. $2 million budget later, here we are. Okay. $2 million. Yeah. Not a lot. No, that probably went farther in 1980. Absolutely. This movie stars David Huffman as Harry Calder, Before this, he was in Ice Castles and the Rosemary's Baby TV movie sequel, Look What's Happened to Rosemary's Baby. Have you ever seen that? I have not. I haven't either, but I want to. Now I want to. He did a few more things after Blood Beach, but his career was cut short when he was murdered. Oh. In 1985, he was 39. Dang. I know. I was like, oh, dang. 
he chased a, a thief that he that broke into somebody's camper or something wow. into a canyon and was stabbed to death. I was like, that's so sad. That is. I know. It also stars Mariana Hill as Catherine Hutton. She only has three credits after this, but the movie she did right before this one was Schizoid. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. She was <laughs> Julie, our main our main character. She did look familiar. Uh-huh. And that's why. Yep. <laughs> we also have Burt Young as Detective Royko. Burt is a very familiar actor, probably best known for playing Polly, a man who falls in love with a robot in the Rocky movies. I love the Rocky movies. Yeah. And I love Burt Young okay. as Polly. Uh, we also have John Saxon as Captain Pearson. Woo woo. Hell yeah. Another very recognizable actor that we will be seeing a lot on this show. Yeah. He's in Enter the Dragon. He's in Black Christmas. He's in Mitchell. He's in A Nightmare on Elm Street 1 and 3 and New Nightmare. He's in From Dusk Till Dawn. So much stuff. Mm-hmm. He's very handsome, too. Yeah. I like it when he shows up. He's good. Mm-hmm. He plays a police officer very well. Yeah. That seems like his main role. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so we had not seen this one. Mm-mm. We didn't really know anything about it at all. Nope. I had never heard of it until we saw it on the list. Yeah. But the cover art was very promising. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we know, cover art, not always honest. Mm-hmm. Forthcoming. <laughs> So I was like, well, who knows what this movie is about? Yeah. <laughs> but by the by the time we get to the end, we'll be able to see how much sense the cover art makes. Mm-hmm. Are we ready? Ready. Are we ready to take a little trip? Got your towel? You got your sunscreen? Got it. <laughs> got uh, all the stuff to make sandwiches on the beach because nothing I love more than a gritty bologna sandwich. Yep. Gives it that extra something something. <laughs> All right, so in the opening scene, our camera scans a deserted stretch of Los Angeles's Venice Beach. Swooping under the pier, the title appears on screen, Blood Beach, and big, blocky, bold red letters all running together. Yeah, then it says extended and uncut, which really made me feel sad because this movie is only 85 minutes long, so that means a bunch of stuff that they deem too crappy on the first (laughs) round is in here now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nobody was clamoring for the uncut version, I don't think. We meet a woman named Ruth and her neighbor, Harry Calder, who is a Harbor Patrol officer. I like his hairy chest. Yeah. I like that. Harry, Harry. Harry, Harry. They have an impossible to hear conversation before Ruth continues on to walk her dog on the beach while Harry dives into the ocean for his daily morning commute to work. (laughs) Ruth is cruising along the shoreline like a West Coast Diane Keaton in her turtleneck and chambray shirt when she is suddenly pulled under the sand by an unseen force. She goes slowly, feet first and screaming, with her dog going nuts the whole time. Ruth's screams for help are heard by Harry, who is swimming nearby, but he doesn't make it in time. Ruth is gone, and the sand where she disappeared bubbles contentedly. This scene is a fucking mess. (laughs) Between the wind, the waves, and the barking dog, I could not hear a word of this conversation. 
Yeah, they were just making pleasantries. It wasn't very important. Yeah. <laughs> At the very long, Ruth says, so long. And I was like, I think I heard that, but I couldn't testify under oath that I didn't hear her say go long. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see a football, but you, you never, never know. know. <laughs> They're on the beach. Yeah. And right away, I was like, gosh, damn it. Because it's really hard to describe a movie you can't hear. <laughs> and we couldn't find captions. Yeah. But like, lucky for us, the dialogue is pretty irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Later that day, we meet some other Venice patrons. We've got a couple classic types. Women pushing a shopping cart of random stuff and saxophone guy. Mm -hmm. uh, but we're missing old man with parrot and guy with a backpack full of incense for sale. You gotta have those guys. <laughs> Maybe a couple breakdancers. A couple breakdancers. Uh, robot. Yeah. Street performer robot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The gold or silver mm -hmm. guy. <laughs> uh, roller skating lady in hot pants. Yes. So at a weenie hut on the beach, Harry reports Ruth's disappearance to two LAPD detectives, Royko and Pantadosi, who claim that without a body, there is little they can do. Um, that's what we need you to do, find the body. I know. <laughs> They're like, you bring us a body and then we'll do something about it. <laughs> the cops are ready to give up immediately and just consider Ruth on vacay. But the owner of the hot dog place, Moose, uh, a.k.a. Yolanda Saldivar, <laughs> She says Ruth never would have left without her dog. And then Harry is like, well, I also almost did marry her daughter. So maybe keep looking. Just think about it. <laughs> the next day, Ruth's estranged daughter, Catherine, arrives from San Francisco after Harry calls her regarding her mother's disappearance. After talking with Harry about what he saw, no aka nothing, nothing. <laughs> Catherine tells him she's going to stay until her mother is found. That's very nice of her. Yeah. <laughs> She could have just popped back up to San Francisco and been like, just let me know. <laughs> or like the cops. Bring me a body. Yeah. <laughs> so that afternoon, while walking her mother's dog, Catherine is accosted by the mysterious and crazed Mrs. Selden, who resides in an abandoned section of the Santa Monica Pier. She's a 1980s-style bag lady, and she hollers to Catherine that her mother was raped and murdered, then buried under the exact spot in the sand where Ruth's dog is now frantically digging. Mrs. Selden says it's happening all the time and the police know and do nothing. Sounds right. <laughs> this lady looks so much like Mrs. Kittner from Jaws in her all-black outfit. Like, am I tripping out? I didn't think they looked that much alike. No? No. No. Oh. Miss Kittner looks like 100 years old, even though she's got like a seven-year-old kid or whatever yeah, uh -huh. <laughs> i know all moms back then look that old <laughs> that night while staying in her mother's house Catherine hears ruth's dog barking on the beach near the location where ruth disappeared the dog is named pepper piper pfeiffer it's impossible to tell you are right it sounds different every time she says every it time. i was like oh no it's pepper oh no it's definitely pfeiffer <laughs> <laughs> there's more than one dog maybe we just haven't noticed uh, Catherine investigates, intercut with scenes of Harry and his French stewardess girlfriend going at it in soft focus. <laughs> and Catherine finds the little dog beheaded near a small sinkhole. Royko and Pantadosi, as well as Harry, are called to the scene, but police pathologist Dr. Demetrius cannot accurately determine a cause of death for the dog. But here, let me help you out. I got this one. Uh, head not on body anymore. <laughs> I think you might be right. <laughs> I think so. I mean, I'm no police pathologist, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's not good for you. <laughs> Due to reports of other disappearances over the past few months, 
Royko and Piantadosi believe it to be the work of a serial killer. They say he's probably a large man or an average-sized man with really big hands. Uh, you know what they, you know what they say about average-sized guys with really big hands, don't you, Cor? No, what do they say? Oh, uh, they say they have average-sized dicks with really big balls. <laughs> I don't know how he got this. I thought it could have been a petite woman with really strong thighs. Well, we can rule that out because it's a proven fact that thick thighs save lives. Oh, that's true. Sorry. A short queen with strong thighs is only going to use those powers for good. <laughs> the next morning, the beach is bumping. And a group of teenage girls are burying a friend in the sand. Classic beach activity that I will never do. <laughs> I will never do this. I always want to because it looks like a party animal move and like I'm all about that life. But I simply cannot be buried alive in any capacity. Not even if you promise to sculpt me the most perfect big mermaid jugs that ever existed. <laughs> I was going to say I've done this many times. Are you kidding me? As a kid. Yeah. And my favorite was just to do the legs and do the mermaid tail. Uh-huh. And then you would decorate it, seashells, seaweed, which you wouldn't like either. I know. I would hate that. <laughs> Whatever you could find. How long do you have to lay there like that? Not very long. So long. And then it's fun when you get up. Old mm, sandy. Long enough for in me the to ocean. get restless leg syndrome. <laughs> also, I feel like there's sand fleas in the beach out here. And they bite. Mm, I never got any bites. Well... You're lucky yeah. because this girl's buried in the sand and everyone's having a great time until she starts screaming that something is biting her. Oh, no. We get a very low rent under the sand cam. Under the sand. <laughs> <laughs> under the sand. <laughs> <laughs> and the under the sand cam shows what appears to be a big green monster claw from another movie <laughs> grabbing at her legs. <laughs> the other beachgoers pull her out of the sand only to see that her legs have been bloodied from the attack by the unseen creature. Seriously, the whole beach runs over to help her. Uh, where were they when Ruth needed no them? No kidding. <laughs> they were like, mm, Ruth is 40. Let her go. This is nature. <laughs> At the police station, Captain Pearson is taking all of this very personally. Especially now that this 16-year-old girl from Beverly Hills with well-connected parents is going to have <laughs> ugly legs forever. And got her mind blown halfway to the moon. That's what he says. I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> I think it means she's traumatized. Yeah. <laughs> the final straw is a telegram from the SPCA demanding justice for Pfeiffer, Packer, whatever. Whatever that dog's name oh, was. Oh, no. Joaquin Phoenix is going to be there any moment. <laughs> protesting. <laughs> He's on the way. <laughs> The police begin an investigation by digging up random sections of the beach at night, but find nothing. Detective Royko hypothesizes that it could be Nazis and like, yeah, okay, go hassle some surf Nazis. It literally never hurts. <laughs> the next morning, tons of people visit the beach, which the local media have dubbed Blood Beach. And this scene is very Jaws with everyone at the beach, even though it's dangerous. Yes, I think we know where they got their inspiration. <laughs> so the following night, Harry's co-worker and aspiring singing star, Hoagie, is smooching his girlfriend out in front of the Harbor Patrol office. He gives us a little taste of his natural talent and sings a few lines to her. She joins in while hopping on her 10-speed and riding away. <laughs> 
Hoagie tells her to go straight home, then goes back to close up the station for the night. She was a much, much better singer than he was. Agree. <laughs> he should maybe not quit his cushy day job that doesn't even require him to button his shirt. <laughs> Beach Patrol is going to be about as good as it gets. Writing tickets to seagulls for stealing sandwiches all day long. <laughs> Taking a half-eaten ice cream cone from a seagull as a bribe. What's better than that? Yeah, I think he knows. He's got he's got his nightlife and his day life. Yeah, you're right, huh? <laughs> the duality of man. <laughs> so while biking home past the beach, Hoagie's girlfriend ventures under the pier to Under the pier. Under the pier. <laughs> <laughs> she goes to investigate a noise. Bad idea. No. <laughs> and is assaulted by a man who drops onto her from above. Typical. Yeah. They wrestle in the sand and she manages to free herself by punching him in the nuts. She doesn't get very far, and the would-be rapist begins to crawl towards her. Suddenly, he's attacked from below by the unseen creature. His crotch is stuck to the sand, and he can't get away. <laughs> he finally released, and whatever is below, the sand manages to separate his dong from his body. Sure does. <laughs> All the screams alert Hoagie, and he arrives just in time to see the assailant roll onto his back to reveal his castration. Do you think the monster was uh, just hungry or trying to stop this? Trying to stop this. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> we don't know it's a monster yet, though, right? No. We're still trying to see how this could be a slasher. <laughs> well, I think if we didn't know that this was on this slasher list, we would not be thinking anything otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> the cops came and they're like, fuck this guy. Anyway, we're glad he got his dick ripped off. No worries. Captain Pearson wonders what he did to deserve this. <laughs> like, why he's do I have to so, deal with this? I know, he's so put upon by having yeah. to do his job here. Then he says, oh, oh no. Just when you thought it was safe to go back into the water, you can't even get to it. Boo, <laughs> Jaws 2, tomato, tomato. <laughs> yeah, this, like, don't put this in the movie. Harry laughs politely, but you can tell he did not like this joke either. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so this part, you know what I think about a lot? Hmm. After Lorena Bobbitt cut off her abusive husband's dick, she ran out of the house with the peep and the knife still in her hands. Then she got in her car and drove away. And just, have you ever been trying to leave for work in the morning and you're late mm -hmm. and you just have too many things in your hands mm -hmm. and you have to unlock the car door too? And like, this is before you could press a button. You got to get your keys out, put it in the lock. So you're just like juggling everything. Yeah. Did she hold both things with one hand? <laughs> <laughs> Did she put one on the roof of the car and then remember to grab it before she drove away? Like a lot of times in that situation where I'm carrying one too many things, I'll just put one thing in my mouth if I can. But like you can't do that in this situation. You got to go like under the arm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. The whole thing is bad. It was a terrible situation. But I do wonder how that part went mm -hmm. down because she still drove away with both the knife and the dick. Yeah. Only the Lord knows. <sighs> Maybe he should big pockets. Maybe she had big pockets. That's an option I hadn't considered yet. <laughs> I don't know. Just really want to know what happened. So the next morning, a couple of kids run up to Royko on the street shouting, We did it! We did it! We found the guy's wiener! <laughs> and they throw a couple of loose hot dogs at him. <laughs> the ultimate prank. The ultimate prank! <laughs> They're like, you dang kids, get out of here. <laughs> At the police station inland, Captain Pearson and Dr. Demetrius discuss what could possibly be going on. 
Dr. Demetrius speculates some kind of underwater monster. This is supposed to be a slasher, but I do believe there could be a monster under there. Venice is a very dirty mm. beach. Well, at the beach station. Seagull jail. Seagull jail. <laughs> the seagull jail. Uh, Hoagie and Harry are having a conversation about Harry's girlfriend coming home. Uh, I think. We can't really hear. Catherine arrives to ask Harry out to d- for dinner, but he says, oh, dang, I just made plans. During this scene, the boom mic guy is very clearly <laughs> on the job. We can see that. <laughs> and I actually wouldn't mind if he got a little bit closer. Yeah, I think I kind of did hear this scene, and it didn't make sense with what happens later. Like, he does tell her, like, oh, I just made plans, but then he's like, no, tonight, 7 o'clock. But it totally doesn't match up with how no. they go later, so... So maybe they should have moved the boom mic further away, is what you're saying. Probably. <laughs> it would have been better if we didn't hear any of it. <laughs> so that evening, Marie, the French airline stewardess who is living with Harry, is arriving home when the wind blows her cute little straw hat onto the beach. She chases after it, then catches it, firmly affixes it to her head, and goes on with her night. Just kidding! <laughs> she, too, is grabbed by the mystery menace and pulled under the sand. Well, that takes care of that problem. Harry is single again. Yeah, he was worried about that. (laughs) We get another look at shitty under the sand cam. Under the sand. (laughs) Like You paused. I was like, I guess I got to do it again. (laughs) I was hoping you would. (laughs) And for some reason, when she went through the sand hole, can't imagine why this would be. (laughs) All of her clothes came off before the creature attacks. Did all of Ruth's clothes fall off too? We don't know. No one was around. Yeah. (laughs) I don't understand how any of this is happening. I maybe I shouldn't have dropped physics my senior year because then I would understand what was going on under the sand. Under the sand. (laughs) (laughs) When When Marie doesn't show, Harry is thrilled to be stood up and he pops on over to see Catherine with dinner and flowers. They reconnect over the biggest loaf of French bread I have ever seen. It basically goes across the entire table. <laughs> it looks like they're on man versus food. Yeah, she's going to have to make croutons. <laughs> no, I'd like to see one of them eat the entire thing in under five minutes. <laughs> the next morning, after noticing uh, Marie's car in the drive and realizing she came home after all, Harry sees Marie's hat on the beach, along with the small sinkhole, which he recognizes as similar to the hole at the scene of Ruth's disappearance and at the death of the dog. Harry calls the land police, who dig up the area around the sinkhole and find Marie's disembodied eyeball. I bet Harry feels like a real asshole right about now. (laughs) He was eating a state fair-sized loaf of bread with his ex-fiancee and just laughing it up while Marie went for a sand nap. Typical uh, beach patrol. Beach patrol. Oh, yeah. You know what they say about beach patrol. You don't want to get involved with those guys. (laughs) Then we get a political scene Mm -hmm. where the beach council holds a hearing to find out what's taking so long to solve this. They're all, summer season is how we make all our money here on Amity Island. I mean, wait. I mean, (laughs) they say the cops have been spending the taxpayers' money for the better part of a week. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And they demand answers. They want results. (laughs) This does give Captain Pearson an opening for his big grandstanding Chief Brody speech about how he's got a job to do, and they better let him do it. 
Royko says they would have given him a medal in Chicago. And if you love it so much, move back. <laughs> love it or leave it, buddy. Yeah. He doesn't understand their California ways. Yeah. <laughs> so after some brainstorming with Catherine, Harry starts searching for the unknown creature's home. He ventures to an abandoned section of the pier and finds an access tunnel leading to an underground storage facility. After finding nothing there, he leaves the tunnel, not noticing a movement behind a collapsed section of the wall. Soon after, a man is walking underneath the pier with his metal detector when he is attacked and pulled under the sand by the still unseen creature. The man's wife, Mrs. Hinch, reports him missing to the police and gives a very, very detailed description of the clothes <laughs> he was wearing. So detailed. Why are we hearing this? Please, movie, let me go. <laughs> Maybe that was the deleted scene that they restored <laughs> for this unedited version. Uh, because why wouldn't we want to know that her husband was wearing those nylon executive type socks? Executive type. <laughs> you know, the ones where you can not worry about your legs showing. <laughs> yeah. And then she was like, and his watch, like she, she sold every item of clothing that he was yeah. wearing. <laughs> Literally every actor in this movie gets to do a monologue. Yeah, I was like, she's not a bad actress, but why is why? this in here? <laughs> it's very equitable. Yeah. And everyone is like definitely trying mm -hmm. to be a character. Yeah. The next day, Royko and Pantadosi find Mr. Hinch emerging from a sewer manhole in Venice after escaping from the creature's lair. Ugh. He is in a state of shock after being horribly mangled. And he's covered in shit. <laughs> And cannot explain what happened to him. The doctors diagnose him with super hepatitis <laughs> after being in the Venice sewer. Also, I didn't know that metal detecting was such a dangerous hobby. Oh, I know. It looked fun. I was just thinking about getting into it. Dude, it's disappointing. It's one of my fave get-rich-quick daydreams. <laughs> I have always wanted a metal detector my whole life. It's so funny when you see someone doing it at like the most random place. You're like, well, maybe. Do you ever <laughs> wonder how much loose change is dropped in the whole world? Like, is there a million dollars? Could I go out and pick it all up? In the whole world? I think so. Hmm. <laughs> so, Hoagie is sadly our next victim. Oh, no. No so more rock concerts for him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, he visits an abandoned section of the pier to try to persuade Mrs. Selden to leave the area. He, like, tries to charm her into leaving. I thought this Nice. It was nice, but she's like, eh, it's not working. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, he too is pulled under the sand. Under the sand. Under the sand. <laughs> <laughs> By the underground creature while she watches. Underground creature. <laughs> <laughs> while she watches stoically. Yeah. She won't get a fuck. Not even one little bit. <laughs> Having been told by Harry about the access tunnel, Catherine visits the storage facility under the pier under to look around. Pier. Under the pier! <laughs> Unbeknownst to her, Harry and Pantadosi have just arrived to investigate as well. While Catherine is searching solo amongst the spider webs and dusty old beams, she finds her mother's severed head. <laughs> then an entire cache of partially eaten victims. No! <laughs> Yeah, they all pop out like yeah. they was all set up for her. To find <laughs> they all just pile on top of her. <laughs> Not only Ruth Sever's head, but parts of Marie's body and Hoagie's fresh corpse as well. Mmm, fresh Hoagie. <laughs> 
Captain Pearson arrives with the police, who removes all of the bodies. Then we get a long scene of the police working out a plan. Really getting a how the sausage gets made type lesson on the decision-making process in this precinct. <laughs> so much world-building in this movie. <laughs> Pearson orders the officers to use a backhoe and equipment to track the monster down. Just get out our monster trackers that we have, <laughs> throw them into the sand. Yeah. Increased attention from the local news media wondering who or what is doing the killing leads the police to attempt to kill the creature as quickly as possible, and Pearson orders the installation of motion detectors, heat-sensing cameras, and explosives. This could go wrong. <laughs> That's how they killed Jaws, though. Mm-hmm. A lonely saxophone plays as the police get everything into position. While they wait, Dr. Demetrius and Royko have a conversation where Dr. D points out that they still don't know anything about the monster's origins or abilities. And guess what? We never will. Mm -mm. Since some creatures have the capability to regenerate, Demetrius wonders what will happen to each piece if they blow it up. Good cue. <laughs> That evening, the huge creature emerges shrieking from the sand that is caught on camera. Uh, it resembles a worm-like Venus flytrap. kind of looks like an artichoke. Mm -hmm. Without hesitation and without waiting for Captain Pearson, Royko activates the detonator and the creature is blown to pieces. A glittering mist floats into the air. It's beautiful. It is beautiful. <laughs> the next morning... Harry leaves with Catherine to drive her home to San Francisco in his Harbor Patrol Bronco. Bring him back in front of the beach council <laughs> for this misuse of taxpayer money. Yeah, what is that, like a six-hour drive? No shit. <laughs> there and back? Come on. <laughs> He's going to stay. <laughs> Just paint over the part that says beach patrol. <laughs> <laughs> she could do it. She's a painter. Yeah. Or an artist. Yeah. The beach reopens to the public now that the subterranean creature is dead. In the final scene, over the end credits, as the beach becomes crowded again, new small sinkholes begin to appear, <gasps> unnoticed by most, all over the sand. Over the sand. Ah! <laughs> Implying that Dr. Demetrius was correct in his theory that the creature has the ability to regenerate from its severed pieces. The credits roll, and uh, we see... Little little sand holes opening mm -hmm. up all over the place. Not looking good for that town. Sure ain't. Like they didn't have enough problems on that beach. <laughs> well, so, well, that was that. That was the movie that was not a slasher. Yeah, what are we even doing here? <laughs> Why is this on the list? I kept waiting for a human to show up and take the blame. Yeah, I was like, well, you know how some ghost movies... You can't really call them ghost movies because it's a spoiler or you call them ghost movies because the twist is it's not a ghost. Sure. I was like, well, maybe they're trying to make us think it was a person. I don't think so. Though. I don't think so either. <laughs> there never was any indication that maybe there was a person involved. Like we see a monster claw right away. Yeah. And for it to be a person, somebody would have had to have constructed a very elaborate and extensive labyrinthian tunnel system underneath the entire beach from Venice to Santa Monica and that is impossible <laughs> so yeah, there are better things to do the cover art was true uh -huh. it was just a girl like being sucked into the sand ain't no lies there mm -hmm. the liar was whoever put this on a list but we don't we don't hold it against him because he did a lot of work for us 
oh yeah and we kind of talked about well should we do this movie or not it's like well we already said if it's on the list we'll do it yeah and I, <laughs> we also had already watched it one time so <laughs> like we're, we're halfway there mm-hmm. also i've heard the argument that jaws is a slasher like both online and to my face but mm-hmm. i disagree i think people say that about anything where like there's just like a series of kills i'm like well that's not that's, enough no this is a creature feature <laughs> yeah. it's a different thing if you're just going oh well somebody was killed then everything is a slasher mm-hmm. and don't work that way yeah we're the experts <laughs> we've got a show about it <laughs> uh so many weenies in this movie yeah right the hot dog stand the drive-by wienering on royco uh-huh. castration yeah oh and when the cops did find john wayne bobbitt's dick in that field they put it in a hot dog container so there's that link too. <laughs> What's a hot dog like container? Like an empty styrofoam hot dog container. Oh. Those are maybe one of those little paper boats. That <laughs> <laughs> was what they had in the car. Yeah. The more that you ever hear about that, there's so many little details where you're like, what the fuck? But again, <laughs> it's terrible. Yes. I don't do true crime anymore. I have come to a different place on the ethics about it. And so I don't I don't use it as entertainment anymore. And now I'm just glad, like, I feel really good about that. I like can look down on everybody else, but still retain the knowledge. <laughs> oh my gosh. Just kidding. <laughs> um, also, this movie made me consider that maybe I should go get my ears checked. Like, how often are you supposed to get your ears checked as an adult? <laughs> I'm worried right now. No, the sound was bad. It was hard to hear. Okay. Or maybe we both need to get our ears checked. Well, that's possible too, but I don't... I mean, we saw they were trying. We saw that boom mic. Corey, can you hear this? <laughs> I can hear it. Okay, then you're doing okay. <laughs> okay. Well, what did you like? Did you like anything about this movie? I did. I thought that the way that it was shot... Besides Under the Sand Cam mm-hmm. uh was pretty. Mm-hmm. I like I like that it like gave California vibes, like late seventies soft focus, summer breeze, mm-hmm. like California vibes, you know? Yeah. Like dreamy, soft focus. I did really like that a lot. And I did like the the actors. Like I thought the acting was good. Yeah. And I was shocked that this wasn't like played for laughs at any point like it's a very serious there i mean there they make jokes but you're right that like the actual situation of what's going on Uh is not really i don't know it's kind of hard to tell because they know it's silly right i don't know i don't feel like it was that silly i don't know they threw a, a, a weenie, a, a, a loose hot dog weenie. Well, yeah, that was that was like a little joke, but and the just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, you can't even get to it. Like I thought, I don't know. That line was they thought that was clever. They did. Huh? <laughs> they were like, "Oh, wait till they hear this in the audiences. <laughs> They're gonna fucking go bananas. Pull the theaters down with their bare hands." Yeah, there was a scene I don't even think we talked about where a news reporter interview some kids on the beach yeah i like that part as yeah well. that was the like, one where we were like oh it's really jaws mm-hmm. everybody's at the beach yeah they're like well what other beach are we gonna go to yeah <laughs> they were all blood beach man it's cool dude <laughs> it was like a a whole pack of spicolis mm-hmm. what did you like 
I would agree with you. I like the acting. Um, I feel like this movie is really simple. Mm-hmm. It's not a great movie, but it's not hard to watch at all. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... I don't know. I wasn't bored. I was just like, okay. I would feel like it was a little hard to watch when you were on like your fourth monologue from a different character. <laughs> and then it was like, okay, we don't need this from everybody. I think I was just confounded. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't as hard to watch as like, I guess maybe some other things that we've watched or that I've seen in my life. But listen, also wasn't the easiest watch. I think it felt longer than 85 minutes. Mm. But you're right, it was a very simple movie and we were probably watching it with a much more expectation of like <laughs> layers because we were like, when's the slasher coming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the movie was like, never, suckers. <laughs> I know. And then that guy on the beach, like the attempted rapist, like yeah. I was like, oh, is he the slasher? Yeah. They're working together. Him and the creature. Yeah. <laughs> the creature was like, nope. <laughs> Don't. Don't merch my in. name. <laughs> <laughs> yes queen rip his dick off <laughs> did you like the creature i mean feel like we didn't get a good enough look at it yeah i would have liked a little more creature and then the part where they show like the monster hand like what part of the it didn't match i up. was just gonna say everything <laughs> else that we saw it made the creature look like a plant kind of but mm-hmm. yeah where's the monster claw coming from this was mm-hmm. like a classic green monster claw <laughs> yeah. with red nails <laughs> Yeah, I thought it looked okay though. But I yeah, liked, I could have done. I do I, like that. Uh-huh. Like, is this a B movie? Like, yeah, I guess so. You know, it's not. It's not bad exactly, but it is like, you know, it's got some low budget stuff in it. Yeah, to me, the vibe felt similar to some other movies I like a lot better, but um, Chud mm-hmm. and like Q the Wing Serpent. Mm-hmm. It kind of had that vibe to me, but. Because it, I don't know, it's like a serious tone, like these characters that they're trying to do something with. Yeah. Yeah. All the cop stuff felt very serious. Mm -hmm. Like it felt like a 70s cop drama. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, did you you like it? I don't know. Yeah. Like's a strong word. (laughs) I did not hate it. I think like is a medium word. (laughs) Fair. Yeah. I feel like I'd be able to have a more accurate read on this movie if I could have heard all the dialogue. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, I'm a little conflicted about it because I know it's not a good movie, but something about it is endearing to me. Mm -hmm. Like, everyone seems like they're really trying hard. And I like that. Yeah, I think if you like B-movies, creature features, Mm -hmm. check it out. I love a creature feature, man. I know you do. (laughs) I really do. That's why when we were like, well, it's not a slasher, I was like, And you like beach movies, too. Yeah, I do. I do. I liked it okay. It wasn't wasn't the best movie, but it was all right. Mm -hmm. Um, No Malton Guide. Mm -hmm. But guess what we do have? The movie hounds? Freaking video hounds. Video hounds. I've actually been enjoying their reviews. I know you don't like the dog stuff. I don't like the dog stuff. But it's not as much dog stuff as I thought it was at the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Except for you just have to remember that all of these reviews were written by a dog. 
Allegedly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. This one, I don't think it got any bones. It just says Blood Beach. Woof. Oh. Do you like that? No. I don't like it either. I don't like that review. Uh, a group of teenagers are devoured by menacing sand, which keeps people from getting to the water by swallowing them whole. Oh, give me a break. <laughs> that is not even what happened. The teenagers were just fine on the sand, except for that one girl. Mm-hmm. Weak parody with some humorous moments. More silly than scary. Yeah, it's more silly than scary. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they gave it a woof. Okay. I don't know what to give it. It's a hard one for me. I gave it a 5.5. Okay. I like it. I mean, I... I I, I see you, movie. (laughs) You know what I mean? I see you. I see what you're trying to do. Everybody in this movie, I see what you're doing. And I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Did it work out? Hey, it's not Jaws. Not everything can be Jaws. That's fine. Some stuff is Blood Beach. Yeah. But if Jaws is a 10, then Blood Beach is going to be a five and a half. Okay. Right? Like, that's that's just how numbers work. Mm Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Okay. Yeah. Would you like to expound on that? I think I've said, I don't know. I like it a little bit. It's not that great, but mm-hmm. there's something about it. I'm like, yeah, that was fun. That was fine. Mm-hmm. But am I going to play it every summer? See, and that's the thing. A lot of times we're like, this movie, it stinks, but it'd probably be fun with a lot of people. And I just <laughs> don't really see that here. No, but it does have a tone like, I don't know. I tend to like the more serious ones. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Well, according to Video Hounds, this was a big old comedy. What? It's because dogs are colorblind. <laughs> they can't see the truth, I think. Okay. 4.5, 5.5. Not, not, not terrible. Not the worst. Mm-mm. Not the best. We're going to have to graph as, all this out. As a slasher, I give it a zero. As a slasher, it's a zero. But as a movie, I give it a 4.5. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think that's all fair. Good. I'm glad you are okay with my review. I'm okay with it. (laughs) All right. What's our next movie? What is our next movie? I believe it is something very big. Mm. Humongous, in fact. Something humongous? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, from 1982. Yeah. Just going ahead a couple years, and we will have a very special guest. Fun. I love when we have a very special guest. Me too. I like it when it's just me and you too, though. Yeah. I'm special. That's special as well. Yeah. (laughs) Very special combo. Yeah, baby. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Leave us a review. Leave us a review. Or a rating. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I have more friends with Apple phones that haven't left us a review. I'm just going to call you out right now. Yeah, we see you and we know what you're not doing. And we're too nice to like say it to your face. We don't want you to feel bad. But if you're listening, then we're talking about you. Mm-hmm. Got him, Cor. <laughs> Good for you. Or 
and or. I mean, preferably both. You can uh, make a donation to the Bakersfield Burrito Project. Yeah, please do. Donate to the Bakersfield Burrito Project. Help them feed our hungry neighbors here in Bakersfield on Cash App and Venmo, Bako Burrito Project. Um, One time in the fifth grade, me and my best friend asked my teacher if we could do, um, if we could sing Paula Abdul's uh opposites attract mm-hmm. in front of the class and they let us she let us do it mm-hmm. we took we took class time to do that and uh i <laughs> i specifically said i wanted to be mc scat cat mm-hmm. to my friend that i was doing it with um i thought i felt it was the sexier part mm-hmm. um i wanted to go uh and i like to shout <laughs> i wanted to do that part i liked uh she makes the bed and he steals the covers, right? Uh-huh. Um, and we did that. And that's another one of those things where sometimes I'm like, Gah. why are there so many Paula Abdul related ones? <laughs> she was very popular. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, that one, you know, the other one wasn't me, but yeah. 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 And afterwards, everybody was like, oh, all our all classmates were like, can we get your autograph? Can we get your autograph? To my friend that did the Paula Abdul part and not me. But I thought I was dynamic <laughs> as M- MC Scat Cat. Yeah, I'm sure. <sighs> Anyways, I just I just unearthed that memory in my <laughs> mind, sharing it with everybody. All right, that's it. All right, thanks, that's guys. the movie. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us on Gag Me with a Chainsaw with your hosts Corey and Sarah. Music by White Bat Audio. Find us on Twitter at Chainsaw Podcast and on Instagram at Gag Me With A Chainsaw. Until next time, unpleasant dreams. Under the sand. (laughs) (laughs) Under the sand.